Welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thanks for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Mr. Todd Thompson, Director of Marketing and Development at the Steel Automotive Group. Todd, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. Well, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, Todd, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and, you know, kind of don't know your background or kind of how you got started in the industry, I thought we'd go ahead and kick off today's show with a, an origin story that is Todd Thompson. <laughs> so, Todd, <laughs> well, how, how did you get started in the automotive industry? Um, actually, you know, um, when I got out of high school, I thought, geez, you know, I, my father sold cars, my uncle sold cars, and I thought, I'm going to try selling cars. I, I mean, I get a demo. I get to wear a suit, don't have to dig a ditch. <laughs> this will be fantastic. So it was probably, uh, yeah, 1991 or 92. Uh, believe it or not, I was working in uh, Vancouver for a Mazda deal. And I was uh, fresh out, didn't know a thing about it. Um, back then, uh, in my own opinion, they didn't really train at all. So you would just literally get thrown out there. <laughs> yeah, here's and, you know, the, here's the keys, here's the manual. Yep. <laughs> yeah, read a couple brochures. And go from there. So you know, I sold uh, Mazda, Dodge, and Ford all together for about uh, about four years. It's never really a great sales rep, you know. Uh, I approached it as a job, whereas the great sales reps approach it as a career. And you know, I was just too young, etc. So I went back to university after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so then, how did the marketing portion of your? Uh, well, uh, at the time, that's when I went back and I took marketing and uh, computer science, and uh, so I do software developing as well for the group. And uh, so anyways, uh, marketing and uh, graphic design, then I started working for uh, an ad agency, then um, a company out west. Uh, they've sold the sport check since, but uh, Sportmark, they used to be uh, Western Canada. So I worked with them and uh, doing the marketing and uh, graphic design stuff at the time. And to give you some context to it, it was primarily newspaper. And uh, so you, you prepare the PMTs for it which is the print-ready camera shots of the artwork. And uh, you'd have it rolled up, stuck into tubes, and you'd drive like a madman to the airport to make it to the plane on time because they had to get it to Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, from B.C. So, that, I mean, there was no FTP. That was just something that was just coming out. And, uh, yeah, so literally I started that way. And um, anyways, uh, so I worked with Sportmart, et cetera, for a number of years, and then Long McQuaid uh, Music Stores. And, uh, and anyways, um, I was in Nova Scotia and I didn't really want to move to Toronto, which is Long McQuaid's head office. And uh, so the opportunity of steel came up about 12 years ago. And I thought, yeah, I don't know, the car business again, you know, you know, and, uh, but, you know, uh, what I've learned from the, the whole experience is uh, car salesmen are a very specific breed. And uh, they, I have a lot of respect for them to get up again and again after, you know, something negative or and to make the sale. Not many people can do it. And uh, it's, it's a real skill set that uh, over the years I've really uh, developed a deep respect for. When you see that once we're really good at it, it's, it's amazing, really. So anyways, uh, so I've been with the Steel Group ever since. I think, uh, you know, a lot of us kind of seem to get into the industry that way. 
like not necessarily intentional you know it's more of like hey that sounds like a good idea i'm gonna go do something like that but i've i've yet to meet someone at nine years old go i'm gonna grow up and become a car salesman one day but um you know you're right we're, we're all a little weird um you know i call it the island of misfit toys because I think it's the best way to describe yeah. the automotive industry. It's that we're just a bunch of misfit yeah. toys yeah. on on this island that we call automotive. But um, you know, a lot of things have changed. Yeah. I mean, you, you've you've been in the industry for long enough to see technology change, marketing change. Um, I mean, you went through it during 9/11. You went through it during the recession. Um, man, could you have ever guessed that? You know, within two weeks, everything just kind of shut down the way it did. I mean, yeah, I didn't really see that coming at all. (laughs) You know, um, it was all like in China or what have you, a few cases here or there. And suddenly we were talking about uh, working at home and not coming in. Seemed like a dream at the time. (laughs) I know. Oh, you know, work at home forever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) You have kids, you got homework going on, you got to clean up the lunches, (laughs) all that is not so great anymore. I'm ready to go back. I'd like to get a haircut one day. I've been, I've been trying to give myself haircuts (laughs) and gosh, that's been, that's been an interesting ordeal. You know, I'm with you though. You know, I got three kids under the age of 10 and I love them, but wow. (laughs) <laughs> sitting there trying to do homework with yeah. them and i'm just like no no not my thing not my thing at all yeah it's a bit, a bit more of a challenge but uh we start going back in about another week uh, <laughs> oh you okay, the stores or, okay so are you we'll guys are you guys because for us the schools have canceled um so we're oh, the schools are out uh, sorry okay. i meant the uh dealerships are open i was so that's 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 actually a perfect and segue our head office has been shut down gotcha so what is the current norm then for for the group for you right now as far as uh, how we're deployed, do you mean? Yeah, as far as operations, what does it look like? Are you guys yeah. closed? Are you open? Are you by appointment only? I know it's a little different yeah, all over the country well, the, right now. Yeah, the showrooms are by appointment only. Um, services being, as you know, an essential service. So uh, that's continued on. And um, we've done you know, reasonably well with it. You know, it was a bit of a challenge at first. Um, you know, on the whole technology side, we were lucky enough to have a... Uh, we built an in-house app for um, doing uh, service videos. So you can approve the vehicle's work just by coincidence, we had that running prior. And uh, so it's worked out really well that, you know, you drop the car off, you can see the car getting worked on a video, approve the extra money, that sort of idea without having to come in. And uh, so that's across all the dealerships. So it's been really handy for us as far as trying to uh, service those customers who uh, would feel more comfortable not having to come into a store currently. So that, you know, that's worked out really well, but um, sales has been a bit of a challenge. You know, we went through a series of layoffs as probably most stores have. And um, now we're just bringing people back. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, a number of sales reps have already come back. And as the uh, volume picks up, uh, we're bringing more people back in. So it's, it's uh, coming together, but it's, it was a long haul. You know, for the past three months for sure. It's been, it's really been an interesting time. And, you know, I was talking to a couple of salespeople that I know well this morning and they asked me a question like, well, Jay, like, what do you think I'm coming back to? You know what? I, I'll be honest with you, Todd. I actually had a hard time kind of answering that, you know, because I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, I, I almost, I, you know what? There's like, I got like one side of me saying this and I got the other side of me kind of saying that, you know, but you know, right now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the sales and I'm talking to dealers from an operations perspective and there's uncertainty, you know, with the customers, like, like consumer confidence is super low. 
employee confidence is super low. So that's one side of it, right? And then the other side I keep thinking is, well, you know what? You know, as a country, we are going to be coming back, you know? I mean, you know, the government's eventually going to say, okay, pop your heads out and you can start, you know, doing this and this and this and this. And, you know, I think from a transport, from a transportation perspective, a lot of things are going to change. Like where we are here in Ontario, you know, we have the largest usage of public transit than any other province in Canada, 1.5 million people. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of all those people going, like they're not getting into a bus anytime soon, right? They're not going to be jumping on a train. These people are going to need inexpensive transportation, you know? So that's the one side of me pulls that direction, you know? And then I also look at another stat where here in Ontario, again, we're the highest usage of rideshare programs. And, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, Todd, but like I'm not getting to the back seat of an Uber anytime soon, you know? So it's like, I'm really going to rely on my stuff, on my transportation. I read an interesting article the other day, uh, uh, regarding pandemics, et cetera, and, and how they don't actually really end. People just quit wanting to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, I think, you know, the U.S. is way ahead of us there. <laughs> They're just, they don't want to do it. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to do whatever I want. And I think eventually that's where people go. Like, you know, I'm sure there was a time where the common flu was the, an epidemic, you know, or a pandemic. And um, I, I think that's a little bit of what we're coming across now is, you know, people have been shut in for three months and they're just getting really tired of being in. And uh, you hear more, you know, it's still kind of joking, but a lot of people say, I'd rather take my chances. <laughs> you know, that and go out. That's just, just know, ridiculous, and, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I think there's a bit of truth to that, that eventually people just quit wanting to follow the rules and they just want to go out. And, and live their life, I suppose. So I'm with you. I, I think consumer consumer behavior changes during timeframes like this, right? Like this, this is very different. I mean, you know, during the recession, it was about economics. You know, I mean, I remember you know customers coming in and they would ask me questions like, "Okay, Jay, if I if I buy this car from you, you know, what happens if I lose my job in a month?" You know, it was like, "Okay, well, we have yeah. this, this, yeah. and this," but it was it, it was a concern of economics. Here now, it's it's an entire social fundamental change. You know, um, th- there will be people that, to your point, Todd, will just be like, whatever, I'm going to the park, I'm going to hang out with all my buddies, you know, <laughs> you know, but I still think there's a fair amount yeah, yeah. of the population out there that are going to ask themselves, you know, from a retail perspective or from a consumption perspective, you know, like, can I do more, you know, virtually than having to go into a location? You know, I mean, I keep using right. the example of grocery stores. Um, you know, we were talking about younger kids earlier, and I'm sure you've taken younger kids into a grocery store because that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, it's like getting prepared. You don't notice all the arrows, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just like, walk wherever. Yeah. You're like, it doesn't take long it, to blow up. It, it's not, it's just not, not a great experience. I mean, now, you know, I'm so used to now ordering everything off of this device. You know, it's like moving forward. Like, will I ever go back into a grocery store? It's like, I will probably prefer, I'm more productive to be able to just order it, pull up, open up the hatch. They throw it in. I drive off. That's perfect. You know, I had, um, I had to get a service done on my vehicle recently. I needed the winter tire switched over, called the dealership, and you know they, they gave me the option of coming in and dropping it off or a little bit of extra charge to come pick it up for me. I'm like, hmm, well, that kind of sounds cool. You know, I mean, one part of me was like, well, you know, Jay, it'd be kind of nice to get out of the house for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's then, an evening out now. <laughs> right, yeah, it is. Then the other part was me like, okay, 30 bucks, you pick it up, I don't want to deal with it, you know? So, like, I, I'm curious what your kind of thoughts on how this pandemic 
changes consumer behavior, specifically in the automotive sector? Uh, I know there's a lot of different ideas out there, but I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, um, there's been a big push lately as far as, oh my God, Todd, you're not uh, doing digital retail? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Um, Whether the world's ready to buy their used cars or whatever you online in Canada, you don't see a lot of it yet. Um, You do see a lot more conversation via digital. And um, I think the going forward, the sales reps, uh, certainly on what I see, will you know, the, the ones that do well will master that a lot better than they may have prior. Um, you know, to be able to put it across your personality and the way you discuss, et cetera, digitally, whether that be, you know, Facebook Messenger, texting or what have you. Um, it wasn't too long ago, like, you know, we had, had just for a year, we put chat on a site. We thought, okay, we're going to manage ourselves. So we have the chat, boom, they're on there. Discovered a lot of people can't type. <laughs> you know, you can't sit, have a conversation with a sales rep who's only using one finger, <laughs> right? You know, so I, I think we'll see a lot more of that. The uh, skill set in uh, digital conversations, et cetera, will greatly improve after all of this. And um, we'll start to look at, you know, uh, you come across certainly um, – as leads, you know, if you get a lead coming in off the internet, they're not real people. You know, there's a period of time where they didn't really feel like that was a qualified lead, right? It's you walk in the store, but you know, now that, you know, it's, it's kind of changed. And when those uh, leads come in via the internet or what have you, um, I think they'll get looked at a lot more and followed a lot better um, than they ever have. And uh, which is great, I think. And, you know, I, I think the uh, customers kind of expect that. Uh, certainly nowadays. And uh, I think uh, as a dealership or as an auto industry, I think we'll get better and better at it. But no, uh, I'm with you. Better a learning curve. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Yeah. I, I will, yeah, I will I give, I will give credit to our industry that we actually learned it pretty quick. You know, I mean, it sounded like you guys were a little ahead of the curve. Uh, you guys have been using video to communicate with service customers and sell customers, I think, for a little over a year, right? Yeah, well, it's been probably uh, as a in-house application, probably two or three years now. Yes. Um, we do realistically about one hundred and fifty thousand videos a year, like one to one. That's that, that's YouTuber. that's amazing. So, I mean, from a from a digital communication perspective, you know, it, it, it's a lot different having to do it over a device like this, you know, versus yeah. you know in person. You know, eighty percent of what we say doesn't necessarily come out in the words we're saying it. There's body language, and so I imagined when you were training the team, the things like tonality become an issue. The words yeah, that tonality, we use, uh, the uh, uh, how good our Wi-Fi is oh, uh, throughout the entire true. building has been a big thing. You know, you walk into the service bay and you're in a dead zone, right? So the past year or two, I mean, all our dealerships are putting additional drops everywhere um, because of the service application running all the time. You have to have a really good, decent, at least, uh, internet connection. And, you know, that's been another thing as far as, you know, you can't have it shaky. You know, it it actually has to work, (laughs) you know, all the time. And uh, so, you know. Yeah, we, we noticed that so much as far as a reliance on it. And uh, as far as video as a tool, certainly, um, yeah, you, know, you have to have decent bandwidth and you have to have a really good connection all the time. But it's, uh, it's worked out really well once we kind of got a, got a handle on the, uh, on the signal. Well, and really, I think at the end of the day, the customer wants to communicate that way. Because what's more transparent than video? You know, yeah, I'm literally be, seeing it, yeah. right? And, yeah. and and I wonder if that's kind of the, the fundamental shift in the consumer behavior, right? Like, you know, we, 
the consumers have been demanding transparency for years and i hate to say it but as in as a vertical within retail all right we were one of the last to kind of go no i'm still going to kind of hold on to the information you want it i need your first name last name blood type and name of firstborn um you know it's like but i think that's where we're realizing now that we can't do this anymore. You know, um, I, I, don't, I don't. I think as an industry, we're realizing that we're not the ones in control of the process as much as we. The customer is the one that's in control of the process. We need to be there to su- support them, and I mean that's definitely obvious with your guys's you know commitment in the last few years of being able to communicate you know via video a way where people feel very comfortable and they see transparency in that. And I and I think for us for us to increase that customer confidence, the level of our transparency will have to shift and have to get higher. And I think especially in our marketing, and this is where I want I, got, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, I mean, before all of this, you know, our marketing messages were pretty straightforward. Huge discounts, low lease yeah. rates, you know. Big gorilla. Need a big gorilla. <laughs> exactly, right? Like it was, it's big gorilla. Yeah, but I don't know. Sense. I don't know if we can necessarily market to customers like that anymore, or at least definitely not for the next eight to twelve months. So I'd kind of I'd love to hear your your thoughts on well, you know you how know, do we market to customers moving forward? I think uh, I remember you know for a number of years it was like you said you're kind of the keeper of the information, and uh, you know I've had numerous arguments with uh, you know not arguments so much as discussion uh, with managers who are like oh we don't want to tell them we don't have a red one. Like, that's why I don't want to show my inventory. If they see I don't have the red one and somebody else does, they'll go there. I just want to show a virtual inventory of all of them. You know, that sort of idea. And, uh, you know, people will get the information one way or the other. And it's not what we uh, fail to do or, or have to work on is as far as providing the value and the benefits of the information. Because, you know, you can go over the specs. Yeah, it can fit my golf. But, you know, it it's really comes down to what, you know, the benefits and the value. If you can't build that then you're just spitting out a, a menu of list of options and what the what the price is and uh it's, it's hard for me to get excited about a car uh, you know the descriptions you read all the time you know, it's the same description for every car or they're just nothing they have nothing to say about that car <laughs> it's sitting out there they can't even think of one positive thing to put down about that car <laughs> you know and uh, they're, they're like it's got alloy wheels and yeah, steering so wheel. Yeah, so the other 15 on Auto Trader that look identical, <laughs> right? So if you can't paint a picture or explain some sort of a benefit. So I, I think um, having the information readily available 24-7 is great, but being able to back it up and provide value when they when they uh, call in or, you know, video in or however they do it um, to be able to provide that kind of value and, you know, the features and the benefits and how it's going to work for you, that really kind of sets us apart. And if we can concentrate on that and quit talking about the price, price really is, we always assume it's the number one thing, but a lot of people like myself included, sometimes you just don't care about the price as long as it's, you know, reasonable to any degree. Uh, you, you really want to know if it does this, this, and this, will it suit my needs? Is it going to fit the kids? You know, um, whatever it might be, that's really what counts. And the rest of it, you know, I can get off the internet and watch whatever, read, you know about it, but uh, when the when the rep comes across and is able to explain it and and in a way that I can really identify with, and I think we we uh, really have to watch that with this kind of push towards more digital is to be able to uh, build those values using digital and vi- like video is a great tool for that. 
you know, um, if a picture's worth a thousand words, right, you know, an actual video would be, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, <laughs> you know, going over that. But, um, you know, that, that's kind of the defining thing. So getting better at uh, building the, uh, the benefits and the features uh, for a vehicle that I think will be greatly improved with the uh, concentration we've had to put it on, put it on in the past uh, couple months, for sure. Well, I agree with you. I mean, I think we need a consumer story. <laughs> before we actually consume the product. I know, you know, I, I've been talking about this for years, but I, I'm, I'm finding right now that it's more important more than ever is that we stop marketing at the customer, but we market to the customer. You know, it, you know, look, when we were running newspaper ads, we didn't necessarily know who was going to be reading those ads. We didn't know if it, the person was male or female or between the ages of 20 and 45 or, you know, we don't know what their hobbies were, what their likes were, their dislikes were, you know, we didn't know any of that information. So we had to market just at kind of the general population out there, you know, but that's not the case anymore. And I just felt like, you know, for the last 15 years, you know, we've kind of taken on that same idea of let's throw out these general messages and just we'll market at the customer, but not market to the customer. Cause now we know, I mean, you can go on the website analytics, you can see how their the age demographic, you can see the age of demographic, you know, you can see their male or female, you can see what their what, what their likes and dislikes are and their hobbies are. It's like we have all this power at our hands. And yet for the last 10 or 15 years, we just haven't really decided to market to them as an individual. But now I'm finding that, you know, with this pandemic, <coughs> from a marketing perspective, what it's really identifying is, is that we can't just be spending money kind of unknowingly. You know, I think what it is is that everyone's looking to slim down everything. Slim down, you know, from an operations perspective, from a marketing perspective. It's like I need I need everything to work like this much harder. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so it's like from a marketing perspective, it's like if we market to the customer as an individual then we can do that. And video is the best way to do that. And you know what the funny thing is though we do this in person. It's the weirdest thing. Like we, we we do this in person. A customer walks in through the door. We can see they got three kids with them, you know. And it's like, okay, we'll we'll present you this vehicle, and we present it the way that is for them as an individual. Like here, I, I see your kids about you know age for hockey. Let me show you where the hockey bags go. Look at this nice great space here. But we never do that, you know, with our marketing. But I think before we have to do that, and it's finding ways to really kind of optimize everything we do, which leads into my next question is optimizing our operations because we can't just optimize our marketing efforts right we have to optimize our operations and um having a lot of conversations with dealers out there right now you know they're, they're doing a lot with a little <laughs> well you have to really you have to stop i mean this is a presents a great opportunity to stop and really evaluate what it is you're doing like i i can't tell you how many times you come across things like what is that 500 bucks a month we're paying for you know somebody else had done it Eight months ago, set it up. They're no longer here. Turns out you're paying 400 bucks a month for somebody to store an inflatable grill in a warehouse for you, right? Or whatever it might be. It's unbelievable. So when you actually get to the point, now you kind of, you know, who are we paying? What value are we getting from each, whether it's, you know, in marketing, whether it's in service, or whether that add-on, clip-on, third-party, such and such that's promising the world that really doesn't do anything. And I think, yeah, you have to also put it as the responsibility to the dealer. And what I mean by that is sometimes um, I've come across uh, people who say, well, you know, I'm paying these guys to do that. You know, this third party, whatever, I'm paying them. So, but you have to be the one who's responsible to say, what is it you're doing? 
Who are you reaching out to? Why are you doing that? It doesn't go on autopilot. It makes you feel good not to have to worry about it. You sit in a meeting, oh yeah, but we're doing a Facebook advertising, we're doing Google advertising, but you have no clue what you're doing. <laughs> you have no, you've never looked at an analytic, you've never had any, you know. So if nothing else, this is a good reset opportunity for a lot of dealers to, to go through uh, what they're really spending in each of the departments, really figure out, is it doing anything for us? If it just turned it off, would we ever notice, uh, you know? And, uh, and, and be honest, you know, to go through and say, yeah, you know, Todd, that, you know, that 500 bucks a month we've been spending for the past six years hasn't done anything for us. Like, you know, you don't want to have those conversations. It makes you look bad, <laughs> right? You know, you need to. You need to stop and figure out, are we getting any value on that? And it's a great opportunity to, to rethink a lot of that. And I believe from my conversations and with uh, other dealer groups, et cetera, that this is what's happening is uh, a lot of stores are rethinking what they're spending. And um, when they bring it back in, they're going to be able to uh, give an honest opinion. Is it really going to make a difference for us or not? And if you can't prove it, or if that third party can't prove it, get rid of them. Like just get rid of them. Now, that's my opinion. Just my opinion, by the way. <laughs> no, but, but but it's true though. And I think that's just us being good consumers though too, right? Because I think our customers are doing the exact same thing. No, you know, absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah. like, I drive a Nissan Armada. It's a boat. I mean, it's literally yeah. named an Armada. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yes. it's, you know, and I'm, like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> but you know, I had the conversation with my wife the other day. It's like, you know, we're paying this much a month in the payment for this thing. And, you know, I mean, yes, we, we used it to, you know, tow the boat and the trailer and the ATV and all this stuff. But we're looking like, are we going to be doing much of this any more moving forward. And it's like, you know, for me to tow, you know, the, the six times a year, I actually probably put a trailer on the back of that thing, you know, is, is it something that we should really keep or should we look at something that optimizes? And I think that's what it is. I think everyone's looking at efficiencies right now. You well, know? you know, I, I've been working from home uh, <laughs> probably for three months, right? And, um, you know, I, I filled up my tank March 15th and haven't put gas in it since. I get incredible gas mileage now. <laughs> Yeah. And you, you ponder, like, would I have a second car if I worked at home? Would, I, would we really even need it? And, you know, I think a, a lot of the consumers are going to be, you know, they've been working at home, what have you. They've learned to get by without this or without that. And whether they come around again and say they want to take on that extra debt or they want to, you know, uh, revisit that, um, I think that'll change, too. Uh, certainly uh, the way we spend money and the way we look at it as consumers is, is greatly going to change as well as their work. You know, they'll, they'll discover, geez, you know, uh, my being home and I hated that commute and I've been, and I feel better, uh, you know, I take walks in the morning or whatever it is. And uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if a number of people who found that they're working at home or what have you decide they want a job that they can, even when they're able to go back. It's going to be a different story. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I've, I'm talking to a handful of salespeople right now that are, you know, trying to work with their dealerships to kind of come up with a hybrid of, you know, do they really need to be in the dealership right now? You know, I have one gentleman that's been working in the dealership for the last 23 years at a Lexus dealership. Um, he, he's been selling through this entire time frame. But that's because he's been at the dealership for 23 years, all right? right? It's, you know, whenever their customers, whenever his customers had a, a question or a concern, they never dialed the dealership phone number. They always dialed his phone number, you know? So he's, but, but he's been able to go into the dealership once a week or once every other week just to, you know, deal with some of the, the paperwork and be face-to-face -face with them. But, you know, he's like, look, I'm 
very, very efficient from home right now. In fact, actually, he's like, I'm getting more done right now than I have in the past because I'm at home, the, you know, the pager's not going off. I don't have 15 other salespeople looking for this or asking about that. It's like, it's just very laser targeted right now. So I wonder, I wonder, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, is does this change the way uh, a sales floor looks? Does this change, you know, can this potentially change the way, you know, our showroom operations looks? What are your thoughts on that, Todd? I, you know, my personal feeling is I hope it does. I hope the, um, I hope the hours change that we're open. Um, a lot of guys work Sundays, uh, not here in Nova Scotia, but I mean, certainly when I was selling cars, we were open Sundays. And uh, it's hard if you're, if you're a family guy, you have kids, you have a seven day a week job, you're working till nine at night, quite often, it's a ghost town at seven, right? You know, whatever it might be, we'll get on the phone then, right? <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff starts to roll in. But, uh, you know, if there was some sort of a setup where they could possibly, you know, be available from home after six or whatever it might be, whatever kind of a, a shift, I think uh, one of the challenges we find certainly in the sales thing is not a lot of people want those kind of hours if they can avoid it. It's hard on some, you know, hard on a family guy. Like you're, if you're single and you're loving it, and you, you know, it's a whole different ballgame. But when you, when you have kids and dinners and you're trying to run around and get people to their hockey games and and all that, um, those long hours of non-productive work, like, you know, you can say, you know, the sales rep should be making calls, doing this, doing that. Uh, but, you know, nowadays with, you know, the help of a uh, technology, digital, they can do a lot of that. They don't have to be sitting there. And maybe, maybe in a perfect world over these past two or three months, a lot of the management across the country will say, you know, they were actually working from home. <laughs> You know, I don't have to be fearful that they will go home and they won't do anything about be paying them. I need to see them sit there. You know, they need to be polishing that seat all day. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe it'll be, uh, you know, the world didn't end. They worked at home and, uh, and possibly more productive on some aspects. Well, and I, and I oh. think productive is the, is the key here, right? We're really, really talking about productivity. I mean, like as an industry, we always, we have been known for being the best at literally recording, all right, all of our opportunities. Okay, we, we would, right. <laughs> we'd love to I've say. I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, how many meetings have I been in? So, what's your closing ratio? Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, twenty six and a half percent. I'm like, where the hell did you get that from? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's like, well, ah, I think it's something like that. <laughs> you know, but but right now, I'm finding that dealerships are tracking like everything. I mean, every phone call, every touch point, and it seems like the person that's benefiting from that is both the customer and the dealership right now uh, because people are getting followed up on a regular basis. I was talking to a dealer principal a few days ago, and, you know, he has 8,000 active VINs. I said, oh, that's cool. He goes, like, we have talked to, literally on the phone, talked to 5,000 of them, you know, in the last two months. I'm like... Damn, I mean that's that 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 that's impressive. He knew that's how many actual talk tos that have happened, and a lot of the conversations may not have been around sales as much as like, hey, we're checking in. Is there anything we can do to help you out? You know that kind of that kind of deal. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I think it's all about efficiencies. Everyone's going to be looking at it, and I think the consumer is going to be looking at like the way they engage with us as a dealership. How can that be more productive? And well, I found I love even you know a couple things like. Um uh, call tracking was a big thing. And, uh, you know, yeah, then, you know, you're running newspaper ads. Oh, my God, wouldn't it be great to have a different phone number? 
you know, and so we finally got there and, uh, and, you know, not all that long ago, um, you know, some of the dealers were running uh, morning ads, you know, come by a car, whatever it might be, Google search ads. And, uh, you know, the providers, I like, go, oh my God, you guys get the highest click through I've ever seen. <laughs> it must be a template email, they said. But <laughs> anyways, um, so we call track. So we provide our own phone numbers or Google click numbers. And uh, we record them all and push them into our, our system. So we can hear every Google call that went on. And what we discovered, and a lot of people, you would think this, but whether you, whether you're, whether you pawn it or not, when you're actually doing it is, is um, so you're running an ad and, you know, the person's setting up their Google ad, uh, maybe a search ad of some sign. Okay, I want to show it maybe evenly throughout the day, whatever, whatever, and bing, and they send it up. And uh, what we discovered is in morning, they're just service customers who would have clicked on the organic link anyways. So we're paying for what we would hope be was sales marketing leads. They're just the service customers. And so, you know, in those early mornings, turn the freaking ad off, <laughs> you know, the next one downs you, <laughs> you know, they're searching for that dealership. Right. And uh, so because of call recording, we could hear all those calls coming in and decide it makes no sense to run these marketing ads first thing in the morning when you're just trying to get the dealership number or the address. And you can see them searching it, right, and, and uh, phoning the dealership. So, you know, there's a lot of savings like that just by kind of revisiting a lot of that, really pondering it a little more. We used to do that in newspaper ads, of course, and, you know, postcards was a great example of VIP sales. It'd be a great example of that because there's a lot of VIP sales, right? And, and there still or still was up to two months ago. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's going to be too many of those moving forward. Yeah, I don't know. That's, a, that's an odd one. Uh, now they're all virtual. Right? <laughs> They'll come up with something else. But uh, one of the things that we changed is we do a lot of our own uh, in-house versions of that as opposed to a third-party doing for us. And uh, so they're like, okay, we're going to do this direct mail. You know, this is a third-party. Um, we're going to send out these postcards, inviting them to, you know, September 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, Thursday to Saturday, typically, or whatever it might be. Come in, what have you. And uh, so anyways, we had done our own. We call track. And what we discovered is, and it seems obvious hindsight, but people don't check their mailbox anymore. So they'll check it. And that was two weeks earlier. They're not acting on that. And where we picked it up was people would phone occasionally and go, yeah, I just checked my mail. Is this still going? Right. You know, that sort of idea. It's like, oh, my God, people are just checking now. And uh, so we switched it to this Thursday to Saturday only. No dates. Because if they, you know, pretend you're having a sale the following week. <laughs> It's really well, not but, a big but, ask but for a dealer. <laughs> We're always having to sell. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, this is if you need so a sell, we got to sell. Especially it, it gave you a much better because you might only check it every, especially in the winter, like up here. In for Canada, sure. Yeah. You, you have your super mailbox, a block and a half down, snow pile. Like, I, I don't know. It's going to be a, a big check for me to get out of the car <laughs> and try to find. I don't even know which box is mine. <laughs> right? Let alone where the key is. You know, but uh, anyways, uh, it was changing stuff like that from from really analyzing the data. And, and hopefully uh, a lot of the dealerships across Canada certainly uh, will, will take a look at the stuff they do. And, uh, you know what? I saw a position, a new position, uh, and I've actually, I saw it once and I, I kind of laughed a little bit at it. And, and then I saw a handful more of them actually when I was in February, when I was at NADA. That's crazy. Just I, I was just in Las Vegas. Like it just feels like it was like a years ago, but so, you know, it was literally just just like just a couple months ago, solid. right? Um, but I get this one. I think you get a kick out of this, Todd. Uh, director of the little things. 
I, 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 we call I, them right? coordinators, but yeah. I mean, well, it took me a moment. I'm like, what does this person do? And I actually had to reach out to him because I saw him on LinkedIn, and it was for a group. It was for an automotive group, and he, yeah. she was the director of little things. And but that's kind of what you were talking about, Todd. It's it's little things that make up really really big differences. And you know, for the last five to six years as an industry, I mean, we have seen quarterly increase after increase after increase after increase to the point where you know i call it now full belly syndrome where you know we're like yeah we can kind of just kind of kind of willy-nilly get through operations and marketing and as long as it kind of somewhat decent we can half-ass our way to profitability but that's that's not going to be the case anymore i mean i i'm a firm believer that moving into the next eight to twelve months that we're gonna have to process our way to profitability and it right. is it is not going to be just kind of like yeah you know I'll try a few grand over here and I'll throw a few grand over there and you know yeah. what I'll just hire a bunch more people to fill the floor let me yeah. flood let people me flood people love hiring yeah. god <laughs> it's like it's their answer for everything right let's just let's just <laughs> yeah. throw more bodies I mean how often have you heard in yeah. the industry that we just need warm bodies Todd can you not just yeah. find us some warm bodies um, yeah but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts you know on that you know of how you see you know, as an industry that we're going to have to make, you know, we're going to have to adapt to, you know, processing our way to productivity or pro uh, processing our way to profitability. Well, you know, some of the things that uh, change as far as those kind of roles, uh, like for us, um, you know, I've mentioned, of course, a couple of times you know, with regard to video taking, et cetera. Um, so this past year, we've hired 30 videographers. So that's all they do is they do videos all day. Uh, and that's their whole job, uh, just in service. So the, the cars are getting in, they're getting videotaped, got your car up in the hoist, getting fixed, it's uh, be, be ready on time for you, just want to give you an update. Right? And that's what they receive. But uh, that rule never existed. And what we've discovered is because the videographer takes videos, describes the issue, et cetera, sends it off, uh, logs it, whatever it might be, they're doing kind of the service advisor job as well. Really? So what we found is a videographer, we need more videographers, less service advisors. We need somebody to come in to handle the paperwork currently, <laughs> right? But the actual selling. And, and then you start to go, well, who should be uh, receiving the uh, bonus or what have you if they upsell? You know, how does that work? And we had to, it's a real watershed switch way of thinking. Um, like for instance, a, a BDC is a great example. So they're doing phone outs and you know uh, they'll give you a call perhaps you know uh, it looks like you need an oil change oh by the way todd you also do for 400 other things that'll cost you about nine thousand dollars when can i book you in <laughs> right and very hard to close on that it's such a great way of doing um what we discovered and we've got the data prove it over the past year or two is we don't approach it that way on the call out we get say okay well you do for the oil change come on in we'll sell you the extra on video we won't even talk about the extra because if we tell you that and you say, okay, I'll come in, you're probably not coming in. And we just wasted that spot. But if we bring you in, we're doing the oil change and you can see underneath the car on video, oh my God, the muffler's falling off, the tailpipe shot and your brakes are metal on metal and it'll be 875 bucks, whatever it might be. Um, you're more apt to do it. You've seen the work, you know it's falling apart. You knew before you brought it. <laughs> Right, it's not a big shock, <laughs> but it, you know I've always equated it to like going to the dentist. It's, it's going to hurt. It's going to be expensive. You're going to hate it. 
<laughs> right? So if we can take any of that friction away, you, know, you don't have to go to less. You're not going to hate it. You can still be at work doing whatever, you know, and, uh, and get the work done. So, you know, that role, that coordinator roles are another one that's taken on really big. It's, oh, my God, Tom, we need a coordinator. <laughs> Everything's falling apart. We but, need a but with technology, that is true, though. You know, you have I mean, to watch them, though. They, they become yes. Tim Horton runners after a period of time if you're not careful. Well, that well, that <laughs> that's true too. So, I mean, that that's actually a, a kind of a good segue kind of into a, my next question topic for you is you know from a training perspective, like I, the consumers changed. Right. And you guys are a little farther ahead of this. And this is what I'm asking. The consumers change in the sense that they want that transparency. They want that communication through the video. Right. Sure. And yeah. but I, I, I can't say that every single dealership out there with the current staff they have right this moment are able to execute on that. They're just not. You know, they can. I mean, you know, it's a it's it's tough. Like we've I've we've seen, pushed like the video thing like you would not believe your job depends on getting that done. <laughs> more than anything you do today, we're going to basic, basically zero in. We're going to swing the Hubble <laughs> over on you and the videos you put out today, <laughs> right? As far as service goes, as far as sales, um, you know, the, the video process has been really good because salespeople are kind of scared to call sometimes, you know, they're going to phone you and they're gonna, maybe the customer's going to get mad. You call the dinner, I hate you, whatever it might be. It's kind of a negative, but when you send this video, uh, you know, the salesman gets notified when you go to view it. So it's, it's a nice soft touch. They do their 10 or 15 per day religiously. And they can't help but do better. <laughs> you know, the, the process is better. It's easier for them. The customer enjoys it more than getting a cold call out of the blue. Oh, why? Right. And, I, and I imagine you probably hire for that now. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure at one point, oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. sure at one point you had to train your existing, yeah. you know, um, yeah. staff to be able to do so. But now I imagine it's part of, of the actual high requirement. And I'm actually kind of curious and what else do you think is going to be kind of become a hiring requirement? I mean, I think if I was to throw one in there, you know, the, the art of prospecting <laughs> that I feel yeah. like has been lost over the years because right, of this yeah. fat belly syndrome that our industry has kind of had is, yeah, is, is now a coming lot of sins with a hundred leads. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you can, yeah, right? Track. Like, you know, kind of blindfolded, just kind of swing and I'm, I'm going to hit something, Something's you know, happen, right? open floor on a Saturday, but, but we can, but, but we can't do that anymore. Like, cause there won't right. be that many leads, but I'm curious what else you think. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think someone has to be able to do video. Um, I think someone has as a requirement has to be able to actually prospect and feel comfortable in prospecting. And it's okay. Cause there are people out there that don't feel comfortable doing that. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. They just shouldn't work at your dealership. Um, right. but, uh, but, uh, they work at the competitors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but I'm curious what other things you think, you know, are going to be required moving forward now into this new norm. You know, it's been a delicate balance as far as hiring goes. Uh, we have to, what we found is we have to really word the ads or what have you, uh, much differently than we used to, um, much more specific. Uh, like for instance, we've had some people that come in and think they're gonna create a Spielberg production. You know, for every car that they send a lead on, you know, it'll take you an hour and a half to get that perfect video, right? By then he's already bought his car, <laughs> right? So you have to get a person who, uh, who can prospect, obviously to be able to, to reach out and be approachable, et cetera. But, uh, and who has a grip on technology to some degree that they're comfortable enough with it. They're not fumbling for everything and then trying to work it out. 
but also they have to realize what the end goal is. I don't want you to create the best video I've ever seen. You know, and logos flying around. And, you know, the customer doesn't want that. They want the information. They don't. When did you pick Metallica for their background music? <laughs> right? They don't. So, so like, it. so like the artist storytelling. The artist storytelling, and and but the the uh, smarts to know when you put the effort in. You know, uh, not just. You know, I've I've come across and goes, oh my god, look at this walk around. It'll, it'll change your world. Right? Like you wasted a lot of time. You're walking into it virtually, walking back. <laughs> you know, it, it took too long. <laughs> you're never going to make a living at this, you know, but you get the ones, uh, I, one of the fellows, I don't mention his name, he's fantastic. Yeah, he does a ridiculous amount, but he's approachable. He's fact. He tells them what they want to know. Uh, he builds a value and he sends it, <laughs> you know, and it's done and it's over. And he's working on the next one. And uh, out of, you know, 250, 300 sales reps, he's probably top five all the time. And uh, pretty much all of them are, are very similar to that. Yeah. Well, that that is kind of a behavior trait that you have to yeah you have to interview for the it, the ability to just do you know yeah, it like, sounds simple. It but sounds you can look busy with a clipboard all day long. Holy crap! Yes, <laughs> oh you can. Oh my god, he's walking around with a clipboard. <laughs> oh, he must be in the middle. Must of be something, something going on. <laughs> oh and my god, he rolled up his sleeves and he's got a vest on. <laughs> He's got a vest, a clipboard, and his sleeves are rolled up. <laughs> this guy's a go-getter. He's getting shit done. <laughs> but there's no stickers on the board, you know, that sort of so But it's, but, but it's true, though. Money. Like, like, how do you hire? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what we have to look for. It's like, and I run into it the same thing in my, in, in my own business, too. It's like, you know, you hire someone on, on, on paper. You know, they look amazing. You know? yeah. like, these guys are shining knights, and they're going to come in with battle axes and just start whacking away. And then they show up, and bam, that red light goes on, and this thing turns on, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> they just do one of those. And it's like, it it is. I, I definitely think moving forward that you know hiring people, requiring them to have to prospect and want to prospect, having to show a video, and then just the ability just to do, just not. I mean, like it's okay to like think it through, like that's fine, but it's like just get it done and then realize that, okay, that one didn't work. So I'll make the adjustment, you know, but yeah. that's Pick a, be it's a behavior again. trait. Like that's, that's, it's hard. It's hard to find those type of people. You know, I mean, look, I, I, I put out, you know, here's, I don't even watch most of my videos. Like I, I hate, cause AI actually hate watching myself. Um, right. So it's like, I will record it. I will put it out. I'll take a look at the analytics and then go, okay, I could do it better. You know, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's how it should be. You know, um, if you're Steven Spielberg, you'll you'll go over every inch of it <laughs> a million times over. Right? Maybe worth it then. But uh, like I said, the the ones that produce the best for same with the uh, dealerships that produce mm -hmm. the best in service. Um, you know, it's not unusual for any of the dealerships to do two, three hundred videos a day, just on service. Like it's, it's unbelievable the volume uh, that goes out. But um, such an yeah, awesome, that's such an awesome commitment. I mean, look, you guys as a group have always kind of been ahead of the curve. Um, you know, what, what is, what's, what's next for the steel group? I'm curious. Uh, we, uh, we always have a few things uh, in the can. Uh, the one thing uh, I would say that's been handy with the COVID is uh, being at home and being able to concentrate on developing the next big thing, right? As, as far as, you know, the killer app or whatever it may be. And uh, I've been in a fortunate position, I guess, to, to get pitched a lot of different ideas. 
um, from third-party applications. So, so where, do you, where do you think it's going? I mean, is, is digital retailing a big topic with you guys right now? Is, yeah, I mean, it comes you know, up and uh, I'm usually, it's not really there. Like that's my, that's my honest opinion. I know everybody, oh my God, God, I can't believe it. How can you say that? <laughs> you know, whatever it might be, people want to know. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. People want to know what's it really going to cost me. Like if I put in the tax, rebase, regional, I mean, it's uh, most of them are a glorified calculator. You know, okay, yeah, I think that's great. I think it shows the amount. But where I think it should be and the, what we're working towards is on our next rendition, it'll actually push all the info into the DMS because none of these push to the DMS. And, and that's one of the biggest problems with all the third-party stuff, whether it be chat stuff, whether it be this or that, there's not much of any integration to the DMS. So you might have a third party that provides a, I don't know, some sort of CRM tool that's clipped on the front of your DMS system. And all those conversations were stored on that CRM. And when you don't love them anymore, <laughs> that may be six months from now, they take that data and go away. And what's your DMS? A shell of what it used to be because it doesn't contain anything. And uh, so for us, we made a, a real big effort and continuing effort to push it all back in and keep it all there. And if you can't do that, and we'll build it ourselves. We're going to get it back in. And when we look that customer up, I want to see every chat they've had online, uh, Facebook Messenger, right? Facebook Messenger, that doesn't go in anybody's DMS. You know, you might get an email, right? You know, somebody said it. They don't really do it that way. Right, but to go to save those and have that stored under that customer record within your DMS, and uh, yeah, and if I go look for a car on on the site, I uh, click through it. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know, I'm, my rebates, my thing, and I say our our presentation will be more like, you know, go through these steps to figure out what vehicle you want, get down to the brass facts, and when you hit the button, you just saved yourself an hour in the dealership. I see. Now that's the kicker. See, it's all about that's, it's value a, that's that. I'm with you on that one. I mean, definitely, it has to save me time. And it, again, it's all about just productivity. Like, I'm willing to pay for it if my level of productivity increases. And 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 I, I, look, I'm some of the dig, digital retailing products. I'm I'm down for. I think they're cool. You know, but they're yeah. just but they're singular element in a very very yeah. large piece. But then I also kind of then I hear people talk about e-commerce, and then 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 I really start to like I'm fade away from the crowd because I'm like yeah, really just buzzword like, kill like, and just like buy stuff. something online. I'm like, how the hell as an industry did we just like? I don't think we overly nailed down the online shopping experience, but screw that, we'll just go straight to the online buying experience, right, and that yeah. will be the big one. But no, but then it's like, look, you you have your research part of the process, you have your shopping part, and like. How do we fulfill that? We have the buying part, which I understand digital retailing can support that definitely in the development of the payments and figuring out that. And, yeah. But then there's that big whole chunk afterwards, which from an operations perspective cost me usually the most amount of time is the actual delivery and the back and forth between the departments and the conversations that are required and how everything just collectively gets stored in the systems. But yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I literally think we're, we're entering into the season of productivity and efficiency. Like that's that, as our industry, that's if you're not embracing that in every single aspect of your business, I, th I think you're going to kind of lose moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, developing your database, your DMS over time. You've got to keep it clean, keep, you know, singular, all this kind of stuff. And then you have the third party stuff that's storing it all on somewhere else. Yeah, it's, it's just and, not you know, enough more. It just, it just doesn't work. You've got to figure out a way to get it back into the DMS. However you do it, however you can ponder it or work it out. <laughs> 
But that's got to be the single point of truth. Well, it, it's and it's just being efficient. Otherwise, you're splintered. You get so splintered up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's that's kind of the uh, the push we have is to try to contain all that information. It's more secure. It's more, um, you know, for the customer's data, the information being stored in one spot. Um, you know, I'll say the good DMS systems out there now um, let you interact with the data. And a lot of them don't, you know, uh, geez, we're going to have to, you know, uh, come up with a hundred thousand uh, dollar certification fee and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Whereas what is our information? We just want access to it. Oh my gosh, then, Todd! I could do a, I could do a whole podcast just on that topic right there. It's like, oh, do, it's do, do, do dealerships really own their own data? I'm just saying, or are they leasing it from their DMS or CRM companies? Like, yeah, exactly. I, we, so, I think me and you might have to do an entire podcast yeah, on that. You get a good one. You get a good one that wants to play along. <laughs> you know, the the value they hold to you, you'll never leave them. And you know, the the one we're uh, primarily with, because you know, when you take over a dealership, whether they can get out of their current contract or not. But I would say probably 90% were on the same DMAS out of all those stores, which is great. We, I think it's just three stores that aren't, out of probably 40. Um, so the, the beauty of that is, is they, uh, they have a, a series of APIs, way of accessing the data, pushing back and forth, not just taking out, but sending the information back to update, right? Uh, through our own uh, backend tools. Um, that's a huge thing. And, you know, I've had the discussion with other DMS suppliers when, we, when it came up originally a few years ago. We're looking at, you know, a new DMS system. What can you do for us? And it's like, oh, my you know, God, that's it's so uh, dangerous to build it. You know, we can't possibly let that happen. And, you know, we do have a tool we could tell you that can do that for you. Right? You know, and uh, if there are certain uh, DMS systems that have figured it out that if we can partner with you, enable you to to utilize your own information better, you'll never leave us. You'll love us. You know, it can't be a walled garden like some of them where, you know, it's you play our way or you don't play, right? That kind of thing. And uh, it's, it's been a huge benefit. Uh, like the video thing is a great example. It's all integrated to DMS. It would never happen on a lot of DMS systems. You know, uh, those conversations, those uh, pulling in all the ROs and all the customer data and pre-filling it all, sending the videos and to be able to do all that, requires real access to your own information. So it's not even asking for a lot. I just want to be able to get to our own stuff, okay? <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, you it's think like you think that's not a big one, but it, it is, it is. Yeah, but... It's like third-party car websites. <laughs> you know, if we didn't give you the inventory, you wouldn't have a website. Oh. <laughs> so, why am I paying you? I don't you, ju know. you just identified a whole nother, another podcast that I, I love, that I would you love to do this like, forever. This kind I, of stuff. I've, I've, uh... How did that ever get out of the box? <laughs> when I started, I could never quite get it. I hope somebody's listening. <laughs> but how did we ever get to the point where I tell you what, uh, whatever that third party site may be, we're going to give you all of our inventory at our risk. <laughs> so we'll get all the inventory, we'll get it all prepared for you. We'll upload it, put the verbiage in, VIN decode it, whatever you need. We'll send it over to you and we'll pay you to put it there. And better yet, if we want to advertise, we'll pay you again. <laughs> and But don't stop there. You can advertise somebody else over top of our vehicles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll actually, uh, because of your inventory, we create the traffic. And now we'll actually sell you opportunities back to you. So the opportunities you created because you put your inventory on it, now we're going to sell back to you. Like, <laughs> How did the oh, genie man. get out of the bottle? Like, I don't know, oh, but like we, we missed either. that boat. Like, because boy, the dealer like, association? <laughs> they need to get a handle on that <laughs> and turn it into, maybe it's one massive dealer site. You know, I'd even be game for that. You know, it's it's all car dealers, all in it, but it, there's no third party site. We all agree we're not going on any third party site. 
You know, I would like to see that. I think that would be great. Uh, Todd, I think we just scared the crap out of, of <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, half, half, of half of the industry out there. I think we just scared. They've heard me <laughs> rant about it a million times. I warned you, I'm very opinionated. I know, it's great. It's my own opinion, mind you. It's <laughs> Hey, Todd, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time today, and um, I'm pretty confident we could probably go another four hours straight if we wanted to, because we're so like-minded. But uh, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to connect with you and kind of follow along with you, what is the best way to do so? Um, You can uh, certainly find me on uh, LinkedIn, uh, just on my own name, of course, (laughs) Todd Thompson. Or uh, I do frequent a Twitter account from time to time. It's called Event Lift. Um, it's longer uh, reason for that, but um, I usually talk about more tech-related uh, car industry stuff and uh, haunt people that are uh, related to that. And uh, certainly, if there's anything of any interest that I might have peeped, I'd be happy to happy to answer anything uh, somebody may ask. That's awesome. Thanks, Todd. Uh, But before I let you go, I get to ask you my question of the day, which I had to ask everyone. And I love the answers, but I prepped you in advance. So I know I'm expecting big things from here, Todd. Um, (laughs) All right, Mr. Todd Thompson, what is pissing you off? Well, I mean, we've covered the third party (laughs) side. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say probably uh, what I find most frustrating uh, recently is the... um, is a grocery shopping experience. We talked about it briefly, but um, it's taken all the fun of walking the aisles. You know, I don't know how many times I found myself lost in the health area. <laughs> no idea where I was. Just surrounded by health food. That sort of thing. But uh, you know, I, I certainly have a lot of respect for anybody working in the industry. But it's, it certainly has made it uh, difficult to buy. And we buy online, as you mentioned yourself, and uh, we've never had the order right yet. So it's. <laughs> you know, those are kind of the pet peeves I deal with on a regular basis. I hear you, man. You know, I, I'm super pissed off that there's no baseball. <laughs> like, yeah, I, well, I, I, hockey, I'll give that. To right, you. I, like I'm craving yeah. like a ten dollar beer and an overpriced hot dog right now. But I guess it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Hey, Todd, yeah. thank you Very so much for taking the time to chat with me today. This has been a ton of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Thank you.